What's going on? We live, bro. All right, man. Wow. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, batten down the hatches. We'd like to introduce you to the greatest late night combat sports show bar none. You are now in the beatdown. You want to get beat down? Let us now introduce you to your host, the Badger. And <laughs> Welcome, it's 11 o'clock on the East Coast, and now you're inside the beat down with my boy the Badger and your boy here, Brew. Hey, we're going to take you on a good ride. We got a good show scheduled for you. You know what? Before we get off, bro, I just want to find out how you doing. Man, I'm cooling, bro. How you doing? I'm doing well. You got that Teddy Pendergrass microphone working for you this time. This yeah, you know, some pains we're trying to make to the show to bring a better experience to all our listeners and viewers, man. That's all it is. And it's working, bro. And it's working. Um, I just like the people to get to know you sometimes. And I know you're you're very elusive, um, very secretive. But people can get to know you just by what you watch. What's on your TV? Oh, back there? <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Dr. Stephen Strange, man. Dr. That's, Stephen what Strange. that's what I'm talking about. You know, you, gotta, like you, know you, you gotta keep it Marvel around here, man. <laughs> I mean, the cat's out of the bag, I guess. Even though I'm from right out, I'm from just north of D.C., I do keep it Marvel as well. Yeah, man. I mean, there's some D.C. in the fit, in the mix. I mean, it's a, a little bit, a couple, two Batmans, that's about it. Hey, bro, jumping into some fighting news. Did you see the video on Instagram by Daniel Cormier? Man, listen, I had to reset my phone, and I was getting ready to prep for tonight's show, so I never got a chance to listen to it. Feel me? And what happened? Bro, people had talked about Francis Ngannou going down to 205 to fight John Jones. And they were talking about, is John Jones scared of Francis Ngannou? And John Jones pretty much answered him directly. And Daniel Cormier is like, why would this question even come up? First of all, who has John Jones ever been scared to face? Who has he ever ducked in, in, you know, in his career? He's fought everybody who's come down the pike. Look, he had a hard time against Gustafson, fought him twice. They all predicted he was going to lose to Gustafson the second time. So Cormier was kind of pointing that out. And I started thinking. We had on the show uh, last night Francis Ngannou against any boxing heavyweight. I don't think he's going to get past that 205 fight if it's made. Well, so you're saying that you think Francis Ngannou will come down to 205? Yeah. I, th I think if I don't, it would be, I think it would be almost impossible, but I think they, they might try to find a catch weight there. No. It's too, first of all, there's no way Francis and God can get down 205. That's not going to happen. Um, but I will say this. John Jones is the Floyd Mayweather of the UFC. And people just at this point want to see him get beat. 
They want Kieran Fields. They put him there with a boxer, the biggest MMA guy you could find around. They just want to see him beat. And that's kind of what we – I don't know if that's a human trait as much as it is an American thing. We like to see a rise, a fall, and a rise again. You know, we like to kind of see that roller coaster success story. I, I don't know about that. I, I don't think John. I mean, Ngannou's a big dude, man, big guy, bro. I don't. Even if John Jones goes heavyweight, bro, and comes in at 215, 220, I mean, it'd be a good fight. But I just don't well, think John needs to prove himself in any way or fashion right now, man. John really Jones. Do. John Jones actually spoke out and said just what you were saying. John Jones said, or he, he tweeted. Or he put out on Instagram, rather. He said, you know, this will put smiles on the faces of all you who pay to see me lose, who watch only to see me lose. And it hasn't happened yet, he said. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Just how much are you willing to pay to find out? And that was the last thing he said. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that we aren't able to embrace our champions in this way. I almost want to think that it's a little bit deeper than that, but yeah, it is. I, I don't, I just, I hate the fact that John Jones would even take this fight and not that he couldn't win. It's just so unnecessary. It's so oh, unnecessary. We, we look at it. It's, it's unnecessary right now, but right now he's the greatest firefighter that's ever been in the UFC. The greatest bar none. If he comes up and beats Francis Ngannou, who I believe at one point, if he gets his stuff together, will he's one punch away from being a, a, a heavyweight champion. But I don't think he has the tools in his arsenal with all that power to barely touch John Jones. John will wear his legs out with the leg kicks and take him down. Leg sweeps, forget double legs, but leg sweeps until Ngannou gets tired. And then he just starts doing double legs, taking him down, taking, pummeling him until Langano rolls away to get away from the punches. And John takes his back and submits him. If it goes like that, I hope John doesn't do what he usually does and tries to fight somebody else's game. I don't think that would be smart. But where um, I can't remember the guy's name who uh, Ngano just beat. I could never remember that man's name. I probably Rosen Street, right. Well, Rosen Street went straight back and got overwhelmed. Jones rolls. He moves to the side, circles, and keeps Ngannou in the center of the ring. Or he gets Ngannou up against the, the cage and starts kneeing him and shouldering him and elbowing him. And then he he get, he pulls away because Ngannou's not going to try to take him down. He can't take him down. So I, I just believe this is a fight John wins. He may take some damage, but I don't think he'd take as much damage as he took against uh, Dominique Reyes. I just don't I don't see him this being a dangerous fight for him if he's on his game and he pays attention. But there's always that puncher's chance. I mean, look, can we let Francis Ngannou develop into something? He's not even the best heavyweight. He's not even the second best heavyweight. He's probably not even the third best heavyweight. And we're trying to put him in with the greatest 205 of all time. Can we just let Ngannou be great? And why are we not be talking about John Jones, Stipe Miocic? Why are we going to gloss right over that? Like, that's not the okay. best fight to make right yeah. now? No, it's well, you know what? The problem is Stipe Miocic. Stipe is a firefighter, and that's what he wants to dedicate his time to. And that's why Cormier has not gotten a, sh- a rematch at the title. That's why Engano doesn't get another shot at the title because Dana White is not going to pressure him. Miocic is talking about 
staying out and fighting fires to November. Okay. Then you need a full camp and then you can fight. So we're talking, if he stays out to November, the heavyweight title won't be defended until January, February next year. I That's think, ridiculous. do you feel like Dana White? Now let's just talk about, we don't talk about how business savvy has been almost every week of the show, at least every other week of the show on our other program, the fight share report. Wednesdays and Sundays at seven. Cheap love. Um, hey, facts. But we're talking about his two biggest cash cows fighting without a live audience. I think Dana's much smarter than that. I don't think he makes that fight until we can get live gate back in arenas. He's he will be losing out on way too much money to try to make that fight the way they're making these fights now. The parody is what's saving the UFC right now. They got a lot of domestic guys that are all kind of milling around the same level, and you can make these fights. You can stay in these fights and make good fights for the forthcoming months, but you're not going to put your biggest two stars probably in your whole sport outside of McGregor and put them on a fight in a dark arena. I just don't see that happening. I don't. Well, let's, let's, let's kind of play around with it a little bit. Because we can't make it to the fight, a Cormier Miocic fight would be a huge, it might break records on pay per view with the UFC. Honestly, people want to see that fight. And the longer you make Daniel Cormier wait, yeah, he trains all the time, but the longer you make him wait, the closer he moves towards retirement. So you may never get that fight, bro. Fair play. Now, that was the point to make. A stalling Cormier out so long, the way you may not make the fight happen due to age and that kind of thing. So you're right about that. But as far as the money, there's no way that fight gets made without arenas, man. No way. You'll be, you'll be leaving too much money that you know on the table for, for money that you know that you may not get. Remember, people ain't going to be paying high price for pay-per-view events. People will still mm -hmm. illegally stream that. And that's where you lose when you know you can put X amount of thousand people's in an arena. And even if you have to do the arena in half, right? Let's say the arena that you normally do it in Vegas holds 18,000 people. Well, let's say due to the new restrictions, you can only put nine in there. You can still charge, charge double Listen, the ticket bro. and people will pay to go into that. People have been illegally streaming fights and, and downloading them the next day, if need be, uh, off of torrents since really since they got big. I'm going to say 10 years, 15 years. I know somebody's been doing it since like 2005. So it's not, it's nothing new. And they count that in. And I still believe the people who would buy tickets to see the fight and can't will be the ones who will buy your pay-per-view. will go to the closed circuits at the bars and the, and the, and the restaurants to see it, who are going to pay exorbitant amounts of money to get the fight. I don't think this is going to be one of those casualties of war. Like, the one Saturday night was and the one Wednesday probably was people probably didn't pay as much for pay-per-view for that. They most likely, if they could stream it illegally, they did. I just honestly think, I don't think Dana White wants to take the chance of Miocic dropping the belt to uh, Cormier again, because you know, what's going to happen. And he hates when this happened because it happened with George St. Pierre twice. The challenger comes by the champion challenger comes back and wins the strap and then vacates the title. Now you have an interesting situation because now you've got Miocic who has lost it twice. Do you put him right back in contention for the strap? 
against Nganu, or do you put some other the people people who have been really waiting in the wings and winning and fighting and winning who are number two and number three before this fight, do they get the shot at the title? It could be an interesting scenario, bro, when you really look at that that fight. And I it was it, it was thinking about something that I saw today. Um Joe Rogan had um Tony Ferguson's trainer, his um, jiu-jitsu trainer on. And they were talking about, I thought about this because we do a segment on the Fighter Share Report uh, Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 that's called Matchmaker. And one of the things that they're really trying to push towards Sean Shelby is a super card that has Khabib versus Gaethje and has Ferguson versus McGregor. And the winner gets the next UFC main event. Right. I think that would be a, a card that even in this day and age with no seat, no butts in the seats would make mega money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but again, man, it's not, listen, they know they can probably charge more than they would for the average stream. What I'm telling you is that you're still leaving too much money on the table by not waiting and putting butts in the seats. That's all I'm saying. You're leaving millions in live gate. Why? Well, he's already talked about Connor's going to fight somebody by the end of July. And they may not have butts in the seats by the end of July. So he's going to put one of his biggest cash cows in the octagon against somebody in July. Why not? amp it up and ramp up as much as you can charge as possible. It won't be necessary because he's going to put him in there with somebody he's supposed to be. He's going to put him in there with a guy that's, you know, that's not going to draw that type of interest. Yeah, people want to see Connor, but they're not going to fork over money to see Connor fight somebody know that he's going to beat. Same thing that happened with Floyd with Andre Berto, right? Nobody really tuned in for that fight. We knew what was going to happen before it started, but it still did decent numbers. You don't want that to happen with this. It'd be interesting because Connor is calling Dana on the carpet and saying he wants, he said, I beat Cowboy. You put me in there with Cowboy. I just, I destroyed Cowboy as my tune-up fight, which Cowboy is kind of ticked about uh, the tune-up fight. He said, now I want my big fight. I want Gaethje. I want Ferguson. I want Khabib. Give me one of those three. Usually what Connor asks for, Connor gets. So I hear what you're saying, but It'd be interesting to see if, if Uncle Dana bucks Connor on this one or if he gives him what he's what he really wants. Because this is just gonna set up for a bigger payday down the down the road, bro. When when they open the gates and people come in, and now you've got Connor versus the winner of Khabib Ferg or Khabib Gaethje, I think or Ferguson versus the winner of Khabib Gaethje. I think this opens up for a huge super fight where you can put butts in the seats. You won't be at a small arena at this point you or, or a decent-sized civic center. You can move it to a huge venue, a huge venue. That's just my opinion, though. I feel on that. Well, guess what, bro? We just got a knock on the door for y'all that uh -oh. didn't hear it. Uh -oh. We got a guest coming into the crib, man. Bro, do you want to introduce this guest we got coming in? I sure do. Hold on. Let me... uh. Let me get my, my listening ears on and uh get the right voice. Is he set? Is he set, Miss uh, Miss Director? Can we can yeah, we he's ready to go? Up? He's ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, 
we are proud to bring you one of the classiest and most effective surgeons within the squared circle from Maryland, the state of champions. We bring you Sir Michael Fox. What's good? What's good? What's good, champ? What's happening with y'all? Hey, brother, we just working, man, and uh, just getting some good late night combat sports and all kind of cultural talk in, man. Nah, I feel hey, that. Champ. I feel that. Champ, are you able to hear me? Yeah, I hear both of y'all. Okay, so, you know, I was working on the introduction, man. I don't give anybody special introductions, but I had to give you one being from the DMV area, Merlin specifically. Stand up. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. DMV was good. <laughs> Tell us, champ, man, what you up to right now? Uh, it ain't much to it. Uh, I mean, these days, these days in the COVID, it ain't much to do besides, you know, I get my little workouts in. Other than that, I be in the house. <laughs> hey, champ, that's probably the best place to be right now, man. I mean, you can't even take a job down your own neighborhood. So being at home is probably the best thing for you, bro. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. You know, just trying to stay, stay, stay healthy. When they, when they lift all the bands and everything, I don't want to. Be the last one that was sick, you know. I want to hit the ground running. For sure. Now on the beat down, champ, we gonna we gonna talk about your expertise in the ring. But we also want to give our listeners a chance, just kind of get to know people, man. This show is primarily focused on combat sports and music, so that's why you get the beat down. That's why we came up with the name. Okay. And uh, I see you pretty in tune with the culture, man. You seem to be a big fan of J Cole, man. Can you let us uh, let us know about your music taste? Oh yeah, um, I miss a little bit of everything. Um, you know, due to due to growing up riding around the car, with my dad, you know, listened to a lot of uh, Jay Z, Scarface, Snoop, J Cole, the newer guys, Lil Baby, the Baby. You know, my uh, my workout playlist is is, is very is is a uh, very diverse. You know, it's some it's probably something for everybody in my in my uh, in my music playlist. Okay. Okay. Tell us now, uh, is it because of the spectacles or your boxing IQ that they call you Professor Mike? Uh, maybe the bo- I, I like to think it's the boxing IQ, but it's uh, probably the glasses too. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people misled by the glasses. They think, man, you know, man, who is it? Who is this kid? This kid? This this that, this the boxing kid I talk about? You know, this tall lanky kid? Yeah, that's me. That's definitely me. That's why I'm world ranked uh, by the IBF and WBA number thirteen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, who was some of your? Who was in your iPod or in your your ear when you're getting ready for a fight? When you're actually in the locker room, just getting focused. Oh, you know, just for a little bit of hype music. You know, I play a little bit of. Uh, well, I play. I always gonna play some J Cole. There's always some J Cole in there. But uh, Kevin Gates, man, I, I work out to him, train to him, get you. Okay. Kevin, Anybody know? Everybody know Kevin Gates get you hyped. So yeah, you know, yeah. You, you you play you you get to playing that in the car. You'll get to driving. You get to doing 120, and not even realize it. So champ, so I follow you on social media, and you always post some of your the fun. I think you got a pretty good sense of humor because some of the things that you find funny when I see you post on Twitter, I'm actually like, bro, this that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Give us a little bit of insight on how you feel about Rick and Morty. I saw you make a post about that. Oh. Man, Rick and Morty is 
easily one of my favorite shows right now. Um, I actually, I actually ended up getting into Rick and Morty. I was uh sleep the night before weigh in. Uh, woke up, couldn't couldn't get right back to sleep. My TV was on Rick and Morty. It was the, it was the uh, Pickle Rick episode, and ever since then I've been <laughs> ever since then I've been a fan of, uh, of Rick and Morty. Yeah, man, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie, fam. I, I watch probably too much of that. To be the age that I am, I probably watch too much of that. But I'm the same guy that'll pop on my my fire stick and watch a whole season of uh, Marvel and DC comic cartoons on TV. Man, I'm just that guy. Or hey, Tiger King. You grew up on him, man. I grew. We both grew up on him. You said the Tiger King, bro. You got to chill. <laughs> I, didn't the, I, I ain't watched the Tiger King, Joe. Man, I heard. I, I not I heard. Make sure I heard. Uh, it's see. I haven't watched it. Listen, Professor. Um. The man at the bottom down here, yeah, that's who that's who introduced me to Tiger King. Oh, Boy, that's who introduced me to Tiger And I'm watching and I'm like, this is some crazy stuff. My, <laughs> my wife and I decided to binge watch it on a date night. And mm. we sit up looking at each other talking about who recommended this? Right. <laughs> I gotta nope. check it out, man. I haven't seen it yet. Man, don't put yourself through that champ. Don't listen to this guy, man. The only reason why, the only reason why I even brought it up in conversation was because we found out they was from Florida, and I was like, bro, they just make us look so bad. Every time I turn around, it's Florida just getting the donkey today. We all over the place. So y'all do that. That, man. Was, that was what spurred the whole conversation. Florida, Florida, Florida exactly. man is every article. It can be its own Netflix. Yes, Florida man. Yes. Every, every, yes. You got that, That's about twenty episodes at least. Trust me, bro. It you what doesn't make the 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 television is usually better it's insane that's why most of your most of your carnivals originate here in florida oh is that right i mean even ringland brothers are here in florida well before it broke up it was here in florida that's where they find all the carnies and all the the crazy people i hey bro come on i know he's he's a homer so he gonna he gonna tell me i'm wrong if he can hey we gonna ship you back to maryland bro (laughs) we're gonna ship you back up to maryland you and professor mike and hang out I'm good with that. That's cool. I'm good with that. We'll go down to to the uh, crack pot on Lock Raven Boulevard. My treat. That that that. So, champ. So, I see that you watch Insecure. Yeah. So, give me your prediction on what you think is going to happen throughout the rest of the season. Uh, you know, Marley and Issa going to be at odds, and they're going to love hate. Probably at the end of the at the end of the uh, season, they get it back. They get it back in order. Probably, probably find a common common hatred for somebody. <laughs> so you think? Uh, so do you see Issa getting back with uh with old boy? Yeah, you talk about you. Well, you talk about Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence. I don't know, man. He ain't even, he ain't, he ain't even been in the last couple episodes, so it's hard to say. Nice. I don't look like she. I don't like she focused on him right now. Man, that might be. You might be on to something, bro. Yeah. I don't know. I may have to get in to watch this show. Good little show on HBO, man. You got you got support uh, black. You got support black TV, man. I try, I try, Mike. I really, I try. Yeah, support the black creators. But listen, I know I'm gonna get backlash from my partner on this one. I went to school for theater and film. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, my thing is creative is cool, but a lot of the stuff that we get to see. It's not the good stuff that black culture creates. It's the stuff that mainstream will buy. And usually it's redone and rehashed. And so when I hear something good that I normally wouldn't look at, I will go check it out. I definitely will. 
I mean, you can look at it two ways. I mean, I think really it's a little, it's a bit of an introspective look on on uh on our people, but you know, it's I think it's uh it's not as bad just because you know you got you got a uh, you still got a uh, you still got a uh, black a black woman steering the ship, so it's not it's not like it's just been completely taken over by the the executives and all that. I think yeah, I think that's one of the uh, one of the, insecure is one of the more pure shows that are, uh for that. Okay. Well, I definitely it's on HBO, so I definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What'd you think about uh Kenya Barris's uh Black AF? Did you get a chance to check that out? No, I haven't. I heard that John, I heard that John is hilarious though, actually. So I got that's 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 I got a long list of uh, shows I need to watch. When you watch one show and finish one show, the next you got you got you get to add three more shows to the list. The, the list don't get smaller, so that'd probably be my next thing. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope, and I and you like I say, you seem like a pretty sharp dude, and, and you're one for probably some of that dry sarcasm. Definitely, it's, definitely. It's, it's it's that's that's him all day, man. I thought it was a pretty good show. Nice, nice. I mean, I like Blackish too, so yeah, that, that should, it should be similar. Yeah. So we're gonna pivot off off the uh, cultural stuff on TV, man. So you rep PG County, is that correct? Correct. Now, for those listeners out there that don't know, can you give us a little bit of background on PG County and like? Some of the big time culture influences that came out of there in sports athletes. Oh, you know, PG culture, uh, PG PG County is uh, is home home for well for starters. We're gonna start with boxing. You know, Ray Ray Leonard. You know, they have the gym named after the Palm Park. Uh, Kevin, yes. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Quinn Cook. Uh, very long, very long list of sports uh, of uh, sports athletes. Yes. Yes, we needed we needed applause on that. Yes, appreciate that. Appreciate that. So, did you get a chance to? Um, I guess my next question would be: Do you really get a chance to get out and do a lot in the community now with with your status that you've gained over the last four years since you've been a pro? You turned pro in April twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. As your celebrity has grown and we got the chance to see you fight on major networks and TV. Do you feel like a sense tied to PG County, the culture to actually get back and do things in the community? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've um, time, time, from time to time, I do. Uh, I do try to uh, do do little things, show up where I can, help where I can. But um, you know, yeah, I, I anywhere I go, anywhere I go, I fight anywhere. I'm first. I'm quick to tell people I'm from I'm from Forestville, Maryland. You know, I'm I'm from the D and you know, product of the DMV. No, I uh, train. I done trained in D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Just, just uh, going around, sparring, going gym to gym, sparring. Uh, um, you know, my home, my my home gym is in uh is in uh, Clinton, Maryland. Uh, Dream Team Boxing. Shout out to uh, shout out to the whole team. So, you know, I I got strong strong ties to the community. Champ, um, staying with PG County. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Used to live in PG County, and I saw the culture starting to change a little bit. Um, even as far as Fort Washington and that whole area, um, when they started putting subways out and changing and gentrifying Southeast DC, can you, from your perspective, since you're still in there, can you give some insight just on the the difficulties, or maybe it hasn't been difficult since? You saw the people from Southeast moving out into PG County when they started adding subway stops and bus stops and stuff like that. I don't know if I said it was difficult. I mean, you know, you just, I mean, you just see stuff changing. Like, um, 
I see. Uh, they 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 uh they like redoing they redoing like they redoing Barry Farms like where the basketball games be. They, they, wow. Uh, they like yeah they not they knocked a bunch of the buildings down over there. That's that's one of the biggest things I saw. And I was and uh, we were at the uh, they had some fights in Barry Farms last night. I saw as I was walking walking up to the um to the to the to the basketball court, you could see like a lot of the buildings got knocked down. They they about to redo that. I think the uh, the warp the warp got changed a little bit. Everything's just I don't know. Everything's just changing. That property value, I guess, property value is going up. It's just it's just you know you just you thing is you just kind of drive like when you like I spend a lot of time in the car. I happen to drive past places like I'm and I guess I'm at an age now. Being I mean I'm 24, but at, it was a difference in how how the place looked when I was 10. Versus, yes. versus now, so I can, I'm at an age now where I can kind of see that, like, wow. And then you know, well, you Barry know, Farms you know, used, as a kid. Barry Farms used to be, it used to be rough. Like it was like for sure, almost as bad, if not as bad as Cherry Hill was in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, it was, just, yeah, and it's it's just like like I, I drive past there. There's a train station not far from there, so okay. or you, or I, you come no no you come down um what's that you come down Sulin Parkway or whatever they uh that. That's when you. That's when you first. You, you uh, take. You take the exit off. All that's clear. It's like one corner store there. Basketball court's there, and then you saw a bunch of construction just getting done down there. Well, I know they raised the property taxes so high in that area that people couldn't afford to stay. People have been in those you know homes for decades. Not not just Berry Farms and and subdivisions like that, but you know people that had homes, um, which kind of added in the uh, gentrification. But look. The fact that you're able, still able to represent that area and PG County and do it in such a, just, I'm going to say it, a, a, a graceful way, because I like the way you handle yourself. Hmm. They should really be proud, and you would think that they would be getting behind you. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it takes time. It just takes time. Like, really, you know, um, I'd say I'm trying to, uh, well, before, before everything, the COVID and quarantine and everything happened, you know, we were looking to make be on uh, make some TV appearances uh, in the ring. You know, uh, I tried to get on a couple of uh, major cards. Guys, uh, where a lot of and some tougher opponents said no. I thought I thought well, I thought they would. Well, I thought they uh, wouldn't have a problem fighting a up and coming prospect. You know, I didn't have been turned down by former world champions, uh, uh, high level prospects. You know, it's it's part of the game. But you know, the more the more the more chance they get to see me, that's when that's when uh, that's when the big a good push. From from the area happen. That's what's up, champ. So I mean, now that we're talking about your prowess in the square circle, man, you was a busy man in 2019, champ. Four fights. Yep. How did you like being that busy? And and you actually took a loss at the beginning of the year. You came back and you cleaned everything out. So give us a little bit of insight on what it was like to be that busy, and how are you able to prepare and rebound for each fight? Oh, well, um, before that. Uh, I had been, I had been, uh, pretty, I had been pretty busy. I'm used to, I'm used to that kind of activity. Four times a year is, um, for, since my career started, that's kind of actually been about the pace I move. You know, um, we had, our, we had our big fight on Showtime, um, that I ended up, I ended up losing undefeated, I guess an undefeated guy. He was, uh, ranked very high and showed it on Ergachev, you know, mm -hmm. We just, but we just bounced back. We we bounced. We, we didn't bounce back with a slouch. Neither. We bounced back with a 2016 Olympic gold medalist. We beat him in the, with a unanimous decision. And Fazla then Fazla then Gab Nazarov, mm -hmm. and then you know we finished out the year with uh two with two uh good victories in um 
uh, Yuli Bernardo and Johnny Ariano. You know, it's just a matter. It's just a matter of take trying to doing your best to take care of your body um, after each camp, uh, at, during the camp as much as you can, and after each camp. You know, you take a week off, but then we're always we're always work, we're always back in the gym. We're working on we're we're working on the we're working on things we did well in the fight. We we're, we're perfecting the things we did well, and uh, we're fixing the things we did poorly in the fight. And um, there's never really a time I'm out of the gym. We we might tone down the intensity of training, but we never we never just leave we never just leave the gym. Um, so it's easy to, it's easy to kind of stay that busy. You know, I was um, even even in even coming into this new year. You know, someone called me on about three, three or four weeks' notice. You know, we told them we would take the fight. They they opted not to, but you know, that's the that's one of the perks of staying active. You get to you get to do that. Definitely, champ. Definitely. Look, um, we saw you. I think it was in Lakeland the first time we saw you. Yeah, Lakeland, Lakeland, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Know. And um, you know, I mean, I, your mom was like, "You're going interviewing." So, hey, <laughs> I, um, I know this isn't professional, but how are they doing? How's your family doing? Doing all this COVID nineteen stuff? Are they are they safe? Yeah, every, everybody's good. Everybody's good. Um, my dad, uh, my dad, he's um, he, he's still out and about when he needs to be. I mean, we're, we're all out and about when we need to be. But my mother, she uh, she uh, works. She works for the government, so she has so she gets the uh, luxury of teleworking, which. I'm, which I'm actually happy about. I don't want her taking the train to her. She she normally takes the train to her job and everything. Mm. You know, that that those places, the train stations, is probably one of the dirtiest places in the world. So oh yeah, oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. She don't need to be. She don't need to run. She gets to stay home, telework, and uh, where everybody everybody's doing their best to work safely. You know, my brother and I, we actually moved in together right before the uh, everything really the quarantine really like kicked in and like shut everything down. We moved into a, a place together. Um, so everybody's good. Everybody's good, you know. Wow. So, champ. Speaking of your brother, Alantez Fox, for those of our mm-hmm. listeners who may not be familiar, um, what is it like? And I'm asking this because I remember when Jamel Charlo lost to Jamar Charlo. I mean, to Tony Harrison, and they mm-hmm. said it affected the way Jamal Charlo performed as his brother was the co-main to his main event. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you're not twins. But right. your brother had a very difficult fight over in Europe that he mm-hmm. lost. Yeah. How did that affect you? Because I know you guys train together. I know you're right there with him. How does that affect you as a brother watching your brother in the ring fight? And and have you ever been in a position where you guys are fighting on the same card and there was an issue and that carried over into your fight? Um, well, not the one time we actually fought on the same card, we uh we both won. I uh I boxed the six round. I boxed six round unanimous decision. My brother stopped the guy in the first round. Everything uh went smooth. Um I never really of course, of course as um as his brother, I'd always want to see him do well. But even when he when he uh when he lost when he lost even when he lost to Andre, I mean, it was upsetting. But me, I, I get in the mindset, you know, I had a fight coming up, I still got work to do. I can't really can't really dwell on can't really dwell on that right now. You know, when he lost in the uh when he lost in when he lost in UK, it, it sucks. I mean, it, it sucks just because, you know, I'm more nervous when he's in the ring than myself. Like I know, I know he can handle himself. I can handle myself. But you just, you just, you just nervous for your, you just nervous for your loved one. I'm nervous for both of my teammates. My other teammate Greg Outlaw, when he fights, you know, um, I know what he's capable of. But you know, you still, you know, you still nervous. These are people you uh you you sweat with, you bleed with. 
you know, you put all you, you put all your work in with. So it always comes down to that. But as far as the uh, as far as being family and everything, you know, you you got you just gotta be you just gotta be a, a support system for for him. my brother's a support system for me, and I'm a support system for him. So when when whenever when the dust settles, you know, we 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 assess what, what we could have did better in, in this fight. Win or lose, we assess what we could have did better. What happened? What went wrong? What did we need to fix? You know. So as always. No matter how it goes, we're always we're always looking to um, see each other get better. All right, all right, I see that. Um, <laughs> thinking through my questions before I just throw them out there. Um, as you've come through the ranks and gotten to where you are now, number thirteen. Um, what has been the toughest part of this journey so far? Toughest part of the journey, actually, it probably really hasn't been any of the fights. It's really just been the, uh, I guess, the, the politics of it. The old, you know, the the get, getting turned down, you know, let, getting turned down for fights. You know, I'm in, a, I'm in a mindset where I'm just like, you know, if you're scared to take a chance, what, what you going, what, what do you expect to get out of this? So you know. I take like I take fights. I took I fought, I fought two. Uh, well, I actually fought three undefeated guys in a row, just trying to just just trying to get uh get uh to get to that next big to get to that next big opportunity. So when you see when you get turned down by guys, and it's not even the fighters that turn them down, it's their it's their team. Like, do y'all believe in these dudes that y'all signed? Y'all got y'all got these dudes on paperwork. Y'all got these dudes signing the contracts and everything. Do y'all believe in the dudes y'all signed? If not. You need to you need to you need to let them know that because you know more people I I know I know uh you know more people uh than turn me down than I done turn them down that's for certain. So I mean that's interesting that you talk about that because that was going to be my next questions I asked you. How do you feel the navigation process is for yourself through this boxing journey because of different political and, and network and promoter factions? Um, I think honestly, you know. It makes it even makes like big the real big fights uh, difficult to make. You know, everybody you got the PBC has exclusive contracts with Fox and uh, uh, Top Rank has exclusive, exclusive contracts with ESPN, and then they already don't have. Then, then if you don't have a good personal business relationship, you know, Golden Boy with the Zone, you know, if they, if they got a good business relationship, they can make something happen. I mean, they'll make something happen if the money's right. But you know, I think it makes things more difficult. You got to decide, oh, who's going, what, what platform is going to broadcast this? Who, who's uh, bringing in more money? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? And I mean, I think it makes stuff just a little more uh, difficult. It's difficult to navigate, and that's and that's at the high levels. But it's um, but at the level I, at the level I'm at, I can't even get to that level because you know, the, the guys that they have that's supposed to be next in line, you know, they're uh, they're they're they're, they're slow walking them, these guys and. They're not slow walking them, but they uh they're taking they're taking calculated risks. You know they're taking re- really really overly calculated risks, and um and then a lot of fighters get left by the wayside when they do that. Like if you if you got a if you got a big if you got a big following on Instagram and stuff that 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 gets you that gets you further. That sometimes that gets a lot of guys further than their actual uh, skills do. So, being at your level, I know. Do you think it would benefit you? To just take a bunch of jobbers just to inflate your record like crazy? I don't honestly no. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I mean, 
I got I got twenty three fights now. The the whole the jobber the jobber uh, part of part of this is, is done. I, I never and I never really got into that. Most of once I once I got the six rounders, I kind of stopped fighting. I I, I I tried to stop fighting guys that would get uh, knocked over by Augusta win. So gotcha. So so I don't think I don't I don't think that'll help me at this point. At this point now, I can fight some some, some tough some tough guys to stay. To stay active and then and then be and just be ready for and be ah, and be ready for the big call. Well, that definitely makes sense. So speaking of that, champ, how do you feel that you know combat sports boxing in particular? That's your that's your craft. How do you think we're gonna move forward with fighting in these dark arenas? Someone like you, like you said, the level you're at, you're not at the level where you can carry a pay-per-view card just yet or carry a main event. But you're a guy who can definitely put butts in the seats, especially fighting, you know, closer to your demographic, your home. How do you fight? This is going to affect boxing, man, with these dark matches and not being able to see these big guys in the ring, these bigger name guys in the ring. Um, I think it, uh, if, if, it, if it keeps the bigger guys out of the ring, I think it uh, it does it does give opportunity for the uh, for guys coming for guys coming up. You know, really the, anybody, any any other promoters that have like a streaming deal with. Uh, you know, ESPN, the Zone, or Fox, or whatever, or what have you. You know, they're gonna even if they even if they do put their guys on these cards, they're gonna need uh, people for their guys to fight. I don't have any problem coming in on the B side and uh, get and, and and trying and trying to uh, make a name and trying to make a bigger name for myself. So um, we just have to wait and see. I think everyone was really watching how the UFC uh, conducted their uh, their shows. They, to, to really see, man, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe this is possible. Maybe we can actually do this. And you know, viewership is going to probably do better just because everybody's stuck in the house. Everybody's stuck in the house. You know, I was on Twitter during the, uh, both the UFC events, and everybody talked about, man, for the first time in X amount of months or weeks, is we got live sports. You know, and um, that's gonna that's gonna excite people. But that'll get. But when they start putting more cards out, they're gonna put cards. They're gonna have. Three and four, uh, three and four fights on the card on the on the broadcast, and that's going to give opportunity, like I said, for lesser known fighters to uh, get a little more shine. You know, more people going to be tuned in, and you know, social media is very powerful. You know, they get it once they get the, once people get to talking, you know, then that boost should stop. Cool. I um, I I I would usually reserve this question for later, but I really want to throw this at you right now. At the end of your career, when they throw that big retirement party at the MGM and Capitol Heights, <laughs> what do you want your boxing epitaph to say? I just want, I just want to be able to say a world champion that uh, a world champion that fought that that uh that fought that fought everybody took every challenge and you know basically just made a name for himself you know I started off I started off real humble five hundred dollars per fight a low percentage of ticket sales uh, right at Rosecroft Raceway you know and that's I can tell him I took on the world okay I like that I like that answer champ Appreciate um, that. so now to, to lighten the mood a little bit because I think we got a little deep there. What what you feel like is the most exciting division in boxing right now? Is it your division? Is it the 35, the 40, 47, 54? What division you feel like is the most exciting exciting of the division of boxing? Honestly, if we want to talk about the most exciting division, I'm gonna say um 
it's between the, the lightweight division and the and the junior middleweight division. I say uh, the I say the lightweight division just because you know you got Devin Haney, Tiafimo Lopez, Javante Davis, Lomachenko. They're all sitting there, and um, and, and a lot. Oh, and Ryan Garcia, and you know it's a lot of good fights can be made down there. But um, you got but the most I think the, the number one most exciting is the uh, the junior excuse me junior middleweight just because. You know the belts are changing hands like like it's nothing, like 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 currency. You know what I mean? Um, you, you see, Jared Hurd lost to Julian Williams, but then uh, uh, Jamal, Jamel Charlo lost to Tony Harrison. Then Tony then uh, Tony Harrison loses to Jamel. Julian Williams loses to Jason Rosario, and I think it's still a lot that can happen in that division. You got you still got guys like Terrell Gaucher. You still got Hammer. Uh, he's he's creeping his way back up. Um, um, it's one more. I always forget his name, but it's um, but it's it's still Brian like a it's, huh? Is it Teixeira or uh Garcia? Um, you know, Sergio, Sergio's the European champ, Garcia, and then you got Brian Teixeira. He's the guy that uh, I think he's a number one. He's a contender too. I don't know if he's, he's a belt holder. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. And then and Castano, you can't pick Castano. Castano. And law, yeah, and law, law. I mean that that division is actually, I think, deeper than people. Most people think. A lot of guys that then then took a, then then dropped some fights. A lot of guys done won, but it's still a lot of great fights can, that can be made. I would love to see Gushe in there with Hammer or or uh or Julian Wynn and Tony Head, despite both of them losing. I still love this. That's still a fight I'd love to see. Um, Heard and Heard and still a fight you fight you'd like to see. Um. But you know, and Jason Rosario, who 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 just came in, who just took, who who just came in and just snatched two belts. I would like to see him against you know, any of the any of the top 154 guys because he definitely made a statement uh, in the way he fought Julian Williams. So that that division to me is the most exciting division. Like everything, everything get flipped on his head in, in an instant. And I meant to say Patrick Teixeira, not Brian. Brian Castano, yeah. Patrick Teixeira. Brian Castano and Brad, Patrick Teixeira, yeah. Yeah. So who do you think, so when the dust settles then, who's going to be last man you think standing at 54? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, Like a lot of these, like a lot of these guys fought, fighting, a lot of these guys are starting to get some, mile, some mileage on them. Um, if, and you know, the, you know, since I'm supportive of the DMV, of course I would like to uh, see. I would like to see uh, Swift Jared Heard at the top of that mountain. Um, but one person that can't, that uh, I think can't be slept on. He's still young. He, I mean, he's still probably the youngest of of that whole bunch. Body's still a little fresh. He took an L, but you know, I gotta watch for Hammer. He's still very skilled. He's, I think he's probably might be one of uh, one of the more dangerous in that in that uh, in that group. Gotcha, right. gotcha. Nice. So now we 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 asked you what was the toughest of the the. What do you think right now is the division that needs the most work? That's the weakest. Hmm. For well, we I wouldn't say for lack of a better word. I mean, if you want to say the weakest, well, I mean, let Yeah, let me say the um, most top heavy probably. Well, you might have just only two guys at the top, two legitimate guys. You don't really know who else. Like maybe the cruiserweight division, maybe. Well, yeah, the cruiserweight division been needing work for some time. Like even <laughs> even when uh nah, even even when um what's 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 my guy name um Holyfield. 
No, 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 no. The guy, the last dude that was undisputed, the dude he just, he just, uh, he's um Lomachenko's uh stable mate. Oh, Usyk. Usyk. Why couldn't I remember that name? Uh, Usyk. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he went, came, came through, came undisputed. I mean, if you really kind of follow boxing, you knew who the champions were that he beat. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of up on my boxing, but the cruiserweight division is still just kind of, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't know enough about, but but it's been like that for for a while, you know. Um, so we want to say, so I guess I would have to say the cruiserweight division. I could I, any 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 other divisions I'm thinking about right now are still fairly competitive. Like um, the junior the junior welterweight, still you still got Maurice Hooker, Regis Progray, uh, Josh Taylor, uh, Jose Ramirez. You got names, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they they still got a lot, and they still got a lot of fighting to do. To decide yeah, they do amongst amongst them. Um, but yeah, so I guess I gotta say the cruiserweight division. Or maybe I just don't know enough about the cruiserweight division. But I would say them cruiserweight division could use a could use a big splash. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm a yield to my brother before I, I pop this next one. You, you have another question you want to give to him? Yeah, man. Just just one one, one last question on me, bro. Um, so I watch a lot of your fights. I like your jab. Very educated. Um, I like your movement because you 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 long pause. You cover a lot of distance in the ring, bro. Mm. If there was one aspect of your game, without giving too much to any prospective opponent or or, or scout that may be listening, what would you want to work on? Um, I tell I tell you after after my uh fight with uh Ergashev, I, I just worked on being you know being a little more aggressive, you know, but, but doing it smart, you know, we, we try to apply intelligent pressure when we, uh, when we need to, just to, just to show, uh, cause really, really it's just about what, what, uh, what what's pleasing to the judges. And sometimes just being aggressive just shows like, yo, this kid wants to fight. Even if it's not, even if it's, even if he's, the kid's missing a lot, he'll get a lot of pressure. I mean, he'll get a lot of points for, uh, for trying just for trying he's stepping forward so you know i definitely wanted to work on my uh just work on being uh being a little more aggressive i worked on uh being or being on that front for a little more but you know always always smart always elusive defensive minded and uh and 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 just but just pushing just keeping guys up against the ropes sometimes me being six four it looks bad when it, when 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 one of the short, one of them short guys try to jump in my chest and I'm up against the ropes or something like that. So that's what that's what I've been working on. That's that's what that's the thing I've been working on personally. So it just it's just about how how it looks. Every time I get in the ring, I mean, if I if I got a guy that's like five nine, he looks way shorter than me. So they automatically root for him just as he's the little guy. You know, he he's a little guy. But that even but if I but. But now, but now I'm gonna. I, I just use that to my advantage. I'm the big guy. I'm gonna make it look like I'm the bigger guy, and that's what okay. that's what I've been working on. For sure. All right, so we're, I'm trying something. I'm breaking out something new with you tonight, champ. Okay. Got to put your your reaction cap on. All right. Because it's called five rounds, one punch. <laughs> I'm gonna say something to you. Yep. I just want the first thing off the dome. All right. All right. All right. Round one. Politics. I don't trust any of them. Round two. Religion. 
man, you, whatever you, whatever you, uh, whatever you believe in, man, that, that's your, that's your thing to believe in. Round three, commitment. It's one of the most important things. Round commitment, uh, you know, you, uh, you won't start. Round four, legacy. When it, when when you long when you long gone. Yeah, uh, your legacy is what they remember. And the most important one, round five. Crab cakes versus steam crabs. Hmm. That, uh, 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 we got to talk about that one. We got to talk about that one. <laughs> crab cakes. No, no, no. No, nah, crab cakes. Crab cakes. Appreciate it, man. Let, but let me let me let me just say one thing about that though, man. See that the thing about crab, the thing about steam crab versus crab cake. I love crabs, but yes, sir. but you, you know, but you know, if you from here, you know, you know, you ain't always in the mood to pick through crabs. So so that that can that 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 messes with your uh that messes with how much you really like them. You know, I mean, I got a hand. I mean, I, I got I like want some crabs, and you like. You gotta I don't feel like picking through that. Off and all that, yeah. yeah I, got I don't. I don't feel like. I don't feel like picking through them Jones though. And then, like, once they get there, if somebody surprises you, you know, I'm gonna just eat some crabs. But if you if you gotta go get them, you don't. You, you don't always want. You don't always want picked on. Listen, you smell it. You get that shoe pig corn out that water. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's. I gotta stop talking about that. I'm about to get on the southwest. Ah, it's but um, yeah, I'm with you. I spent much money on crab cakes just to get that yeah. crab without having to have my fingers all cut up. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm sure you can all tell, bro. Really? Just saying. Really? I mean, I, hey, Mr. Fox, my my partner down here is the official, the official mascot, as we call GQ. Of late night boxing combat, nobody. He always, he always coordinates himself with the air traffic controller hat and headphones <laughs> and sunglasses. I'm telling you, I said it the other day. He's what they call combat arm candy. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you got it. You got to chill, bro. You're doing too much, man. Listen, champ. I appreciate your time, man. I know we got you out here late, but this is kind of like our niche, brother. We like to come on late so everybody can kind of wind down, listen to us talk about all kinds of stuff, man. So. We definitely appreciate your time, brother. We wish you blessings and favor on the journey to your family, man, and to your brother. You know, everybody there, man. You know, just keep doing your thing. Keep being a positive light for those people in the community, man. man I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much, man. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for reaching out. I, I, I kind of wondered if y'all kind of remember, remember us from back in Florida. I, I kind of I never really forgot about y'all. Hey, hey, I just want you to know, tell your mom she invited me over for dinner. She said what? that when we were in Lakeland. Yes. What? Yeah. Hold on. What? Yes. See, she see, be, she see, said it would be crab. Hey, she said it would be crab cakes. I'm just telling you. The meeting, just, the meeting just got bad now. You know what I'm saying? The bro, got bad. bro, that wasn't on. me. That wasn't me, bro. <laughs> That's fine. No, but how can we follow you on social media, Mr. Nah, y'all can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Professor Mike. Mike with a Y. Professor Mike. Now, can you give us a drop before you get out of here? Oh, okay. What, what, what I what, what I need to say? What, what we call it? Hey, well, we this show is called the Beatdown. The Beatdown. All right. We just we just want people to know who you are and who you're rolling with. All right. This is professor, this is the professor of the sweet science, Michael Fox. 
uh, world-ranked IBF and WBA contender, and you rocking with the beatdown. Appreciate that. Now that worked. That worked. One take, work? man. One hit a quitter, bro. Appreciate you, man. That was tight. I appreciate man, that. Man. I do what I can, man. Do what I can to help. Yes. Appreciate it. <laughs> Look, please don't be a stranger. Anytime you want to come through, just hit us up. Back, back. Definitely, definitely. Just hit us up, man. And, yeah. and again, I'm bringing my fork. So when I come All up right, there, man. just let your All mom right. know I haven't forgotten. All right, bet. <laughs> So definitely, definitely. When things when things get back rolling, I'm remember you said that too. Uh, when things get back rolling, definitely gotta do this again. Definitely, definitely. Yes, your sir. friend, your, your your family of the show, man. I, I appreciate, appreciate that very much. Peace All and right, peace. All right. Wow, Professor Mike Fox, man. Great job, Badger. Great job, bro. Okay, look. Can you stop to my people, Mama, on the show, bro? How you bring the man mama to this, bro? We could have said it off the air. I get people on recording, so when they talk about what you're doing at my doorstep, I can pull up YouTube. Hey. <laughs> and you all and you always look hungry, so I get it. Oh man. Just show the water bottle so people can see. Hey, the my bro, bottle. my bro hooked me up. My bro hooked me up. Y'all see it right there. <laughs> but but he's always looking hungry. Yeah. All right. I got you. Oh, and he took a swig. All right. Listen, shout out to Professor Mike, man, for coming through. That was big. Uh, he didn't have to be up this late to do it because, like you said, he's still training. He stays in shape. So that was major. Uh, you know. Um, and I'm glad to see you back, bro. Glad to be back, bro. I do my best, you know, to try to uh, make sure I don't uh, leave you out there to go through this on the solo tip, brother. We're a team and I got to do better by making sure I'm here. So whether it's technical difficulties or whatever else, you here. I got to do my best to get there. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Hey, Sunday we went to visit another church. Um, you know, a few of them are actually open now. Very few. And uh, it doesn't. It's not that often we make it to Brooksville because that's the part of Florida I was thrown in, and I got love for Brooksville still. A lot of people up there I stay in touch with, but I won't mention the church, but it was the church my grandfather went to. And before he passed, we hadn't been, I hadn't been there in decades and my wife had never been. So we're sitting in there and the pastor has an assistant. He usually chooses a, a little boy to be his assistant. And the pastor told the little boy, pastor said, hey, now when I call for a break, I need you to run out the side door, go down Leonard Street, turn on the sub, go another block, hit the alley, and you'll see a white house. Knock on his back door. He's going to hand you a bag. You bring that bag back. You wave at me from the side window, and I'm going to come out. He said, all right. He said, now, what's, what's your cue? Little boy said, you didn't tell me what the cue was. He said, okay. The cue is John said. He said, okay. What's the cue? Little boy said, John said. Right. Okay. So the pastor's going through the service. He gets up to do a sermon. He said, John said. Oh boy got up, ran out the side, went down Leonard Street, turned on the sub, went down to the alley, saw the White House, knocked on the door. Man came to the door, handed him a bag. He ran back to the church, waved when he got to the window. 
Pastor said, let's bow your heads for a little prayer. Pastor finna step outside for a little fresh air. So the pastor goes outside, grabs the bag, cracks the bottle, whoop, throws it down, gives the boy a hug, pat on the head. He goes back in and starts preaching again. About 15 minutes longer into the sermon, he said, John said, little boy said, dang, got up, ran out the door, side door, down Leonard Street, made a left on the sub, went down a couple blocks, hit the alley, knocked on the White House on the back door. Man came to the door again, handed him a bottle. Old boy ran back, got to the window. Pastor said, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Pastor finna step outside for a little fresh air. So the pastor stepped outside, got the bottle bag from the little boy, cracked the bottle, threw it back. When he was done, came back in and started preaching again. About 20 more minutes go by, pastor said, John said, little boy stood up and said, John said, you ain't getting there another bottle till you pay for that other two. I don't understand. I don't understand why we got the quiet. <laughs> or would have been better? Hey. Really, bro? You ain't been this quiet in a long time. <laughs> I ain't got much to add right now, brother. This is your moment. <laughs> Wow, I've lived all my life to finally get to this moment. <laughs> Appreciate it. Look, family, this is the beatdown every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, 11 p.m. Tune in to see some great interviews, some great commentary, content. Just a great time. We even got music playing in the background. Got Marvel in the background. We're good. We're doing this for you. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget, Sunday and Wednesday, 7 p.m., you have the Fighter Share Report, um, which, you know, more of a segmented, formal show. This is more of our freestyle in the evenings. And uh, I'm appreciative that, you know, the Badger decided to get me out of prison so I can come here and do this show with him. Appreciate it, bro. I wouldn't do it with anybody else, bro. <laughs> Where else are you going to get those classy jokes? I don't know, because I work hard on these. I work hard on them. So I don't know where else you're going to get them. But hey, you got them. <laughs> Listen, anything else before we want to get out here? Hey, man, I appreciate you. Appreciate everybody for dialing in, tuning in with us, man. That's all we got. Oh, man, please forgive us. We had uh, questions come in. We'll read them. We're going to respond. Thank you very much for the comments. Thank you all for watching. All right, man. I'm out. I'm gonna let you take us out. Fighter Shed Nation is the beatdown. We'll holler at y'all. Peace.